Okay, let me paint you guys a little picture. I am currently scooting along on my knee scooter with my leg up the back. Um, for those of you who don't know, I ruptured my Achilles two weeks ago playing netball. And <clears throat> I think in my last episode, I chatted a little bit around the flipping it because I've been, I'll pat myself on the back. I've been really positive. I've been really good about it, but also I'm not in any pain. So it's kind of given me this misillusion that it's actually, maybe it's not that bad, but this week we've had a lot of um, uh, ultrasounds, appointments with specialists and it's not good. It's really bad. So I'm having surgery on Wednesday. So for the moment I'm um, getting around Port Melbourne just to get up to get my coffee on my knee scooter. And I'm managing. I'm managing great. Um, but I had recorded this podcast last week, morning, um, around anxiety. And again, me and rookie mistakes, technical difficulties. I somehow deleted it. So I'm going to re-record it for you guys now. And there's something about me, I, I really enjoyed doing my first podcast in the car. Um, I don't know, I kind of like being outdoors or being on the go and that is me and that's probably why I snapped my Achilles. I feel like it was the universe telling me to slow down. But I just like to talk when things are really fresh and in my mind and I'm feeling creative and that's exactly how I'm feeling right now because I just listened to my lovely... Um, Confidence Chronicles podcast, Erica from America, and I love her. She always inspires me. So just listen to hers, and I'm like, right, I'm going to do my anxiety one now. So here I am. Um, I've had a few requests around anxiety, and um, and some, you know, just some really good feedback from a girlfriend who I did speak to recently around medication that I take. Um, so I thought it was a really good time to talk about it. So to paint my picture, I suppose, 2008, so we're talking like 11 years ago, I was um, just out of my first marriage. I had separated 12 months prior and I'd entered a relationship several months afterwards, but an opportunity came to start flying for Qantas in London base, which again, for those of you who don't know, I'm a flight attendant for Qantas, so I've been there for like almost 20 years, mostly domestic, but this opportunity came up for London. So I took it. So in 2008, I'm off to London and this was my first experience with anxiety. So I remember getting it the first time I happened to be in Hong Kong on an overnight and I think I was just missing my boyfriend and missing my family. And when you're trying as a flight attendant to sleep at the wrong time of the day, you, it's, it's, you know, that's when your mind just goes a million miles an hour. You are thinking everything negative. Do you know what I mean? Like, has anyone else done that where, oh crap, I've spilled my coffee. Um, <laughs> um, where you, it's sort of dark or it's night time and you're wide awake and all you can do is think about the shit stuff. And that's, that's obviously what I was doing. So, I all of a sudden had this overwhelming feeling that someone was sitting on my chest. Like I could not, I could not breathe. And I, it was just tightness. There was so much tightness around what felt like was my heart and my lungs. And anyway, so, and of course, then you kind of panic, which kind of makes it worse. Then you're crying and you're bawling. 
and you sit up and you don't know what's going on. So I actually rang my boyfriend, who is now my husband, my second husband. Um, I rang him and just said, something's going on. I felt like I'd spoken to him about anxiety before only because he'd had it, he'd experienced it. So I just knew that he'd mentioned something similar. These signs and symptoms that I was going through was definitely something that he'd been through himself. And he basically just talked me through it. He's like, yep, you're just having an anxiety attack. I just need you to sit up, breathe, take deep breaths. Just, you know, slow them down. So that was awesome. He was awesome. And it did. It got me it got me right. But I guess I found myself in that position a few times. And especially because you again you're trying to sleep at the wrong in the wrong time zone at the wrong time of the day for your body. Therefore you're not sleeping, therefore you're thinking negative stuff. And uh, you know yeah your body goes into I guess I don't know and I'm no expert with this but I was just panicked and couldn't breathe and crying and all that so I experienced that a few times on overnights but one of the other things I felt happened to me was when I'd then fly back to London from we used to do Hong Kong Singapore and Bangkok so when I flew back flew back from these um overnights um, and the flights, I think, from memory, were around like 12 hours or 11 hours or something like that. Like they're a long time and you'd work hard. And then on land, coming on into landing into London, I would, about 10 minutes before the seatbelt sign would come on, I would find it hard to breathe and I would cough. And the only thing I can describe this as being something that you might relate this to would be, um, I feel like this sometimes with sunstroke, if you've ever had sunstroke, it's like you can't get enough air into your lungs and but you cough with it. It's, it's so bizarre. So I was doing that. So I, and at the time I'm like, it's not anxiety because you know, I'm flying and I love my job and I'm really good at my job and we've done everything on the flight. Anyway, it was bizarre. So I would, be, I would end up on oxygen on my flights. And it wasn't every time, but it was probably every other time. For so many for so many flights um and because i was on oxygen it was also it had to be documented so then my managers knew and then they wanted of course they're great Qantas is great they want to find out well what's wrong so they sent me to doctors and specialists around lungs and breathing and all that sort of stuff and there was just nothing we could find so i remember sort of one of my last flights this doctor happened to be on board when i was sitting in the jump seat on oxygen and he came to check on me and he, you know, ran through everything. He was a smoker, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not, you know, I'm healthy. I exercise, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I, I think it's anxiety. I think you've just got anxiety. And it was, because I, I explained everything. I said, this only happens when I'm back landing, coming into landing into London. And so that was kind of a really good sign that perhaps London base wasn't really for me. Um, I had a great time. I did a lot of traveling. I did a lot of uh, holidays, a lot of trips, a lot of great friendships when I was there. Ran a marathon um, in Berlin with some mates. Like just, I ticked all the boxes, but the work and the flying for me, which just wasn't right. So I cut what was supposed to be a two year stint short to a year. And of course I moved back to Melbourne. I got to move back in, you know, move in with my then boyfriend, now husband, um, you know, I'm around my family and friends and you know, life's good. I picked up another job for the 12 months that I had to fill in before I could go back to Qantas Domestic. And that was fun. That gave me a real insight into retail. 
um, and homewares and I did an interior design course and it was awesome. So always, you know, always, again, I always see like the positives and the, the, the silver lining. And then 2009 was the year that I'd returned. Um, a fair bit of court case stuff was going on with the abuse that I'd had um, that happened to me as a child. So that happened to me from the age of four to six. And look, that is a whole other podcast for me. I can't, <laughs> I don't want to go into it now. Um, and you've got to be, you know, people have got to have that choice or make that choice around listening to that because it's probably pretty full on and, you know, but um, again, I'd really like to to run through that with you guys. But when the, it all came to a head basically. Um, so there was a court case coming up because I had reported it kind of 10 years prior and then there all these other people came forward. So basically um, there was an opportunity to, you know, stand and um, have my day in court against this man who was the neighbour. And so again, I think the anxiety just popped up its head again then. You know, like I'd try and go for a walk and I'd end up just falling over and crying. And, you know, I was so scared of being on trial or being, you know, questioned. And anyway, the thought of it, even now, I just, I'm feeling myself getting choked up. I remember those those feelings so well. And so I guess this anxiety popped its head back up again in 2009 a little bit. Thankfully, um, by the time they went through a couple of the other, um, I don't want to say victims because we are not victims. Like I think we're all survivors. So I'm going to say by the time they went through a couple of the other survivors before they got to me, he finally pleaded guilty. So I didn't have to stand in court, which was really nice. Um, because I think, again, my anxiety would have been just rotten. Um, but, you know, it popped its head up then. And then and then I can only say from there on, I, I was good. Things were really good. Daniel and I were trying to have a family. Um, and, and that was fine. It wasn't, we weren't successful. So we were trying for a couple of years. And then we decided to go down the IVF route, which, again, is a whole other podcast. Um so finally, we, we got our beautiful little girl, Miller, who's now seven turning eight um, through IVF. We had three rounds of IUI and then she was our first round of IVF was successful, which was great. And then because of Miller being IVF, we were, we were never going to be careful. We had all the tests done. Nothing was really obvious as to why we weren't having Miller or why we weren't having a baby, sorry. Um, but you know, we had Miller's little twin sister or brother as a frozen little embryo stored away thinking, well, when we're ready, we'll go back there and in time and, and you know, go through the process again. Well, we, we fell pregnant naturally. Um, and so that was a shock. So Tyler was born 14 months after Miller. And it was so, it was exciting. We were pumped. We were, we were just so stoked. Like, you know, to think of the process you go through with IVF, which is intrusive, it's hard, it's emotionally hard. That's what's harder, is actually all that stuff. Um, but to have one naturally, I was like, oh my God, you know, this has just happened, this is great, they're gonna be close in age. We were, we were um, one of the surprise, again, Miller was a surprise as a, the sex of the child, and we thought the same with um, the next one, we're like, we'll just wait, da 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 da. So 14 months later, we have Tyler, we have another girl, happy days, you know, it's all great and anxiety hit me, oh my God. I happen to have a daughter who 
Miller was pretty placid. She was pretty chilled, pretty placid, slept through the night from like four months, drank well, ate well, slept well. You know, she was a good little girl. And Tyler was good too. But there was something about Tyler's cry that really grated at my nerves. I was just, I was, I was just on eggshells with her. And sadly, I just couldn't drive anywhere. So she would scream the whole distance in the car. And I'm not someone who lets anyone defeat me. So if I'm going to go and catch up with my high school friends in, you know, the area we grew up in, then I'm going to spend the next 25 minutes in the car and I'm going to plan it around her sleeping so that hopefully she doesn't scream. But then you've also got to come back, right? At the time you need to come back and the shit would hit the fan and I would just be anxious the whole drive, her screaming, you know? So anxiety certainly reared its head for me again in 2000 and she was born 2013. So I hadn't really had it for a few years, you know? I knew exactly what it was this time. Um, and I'll never forget this day. I had to go, I went and got my eyebrows threaded at this awesome place. It used to be in, um, oh, I think it was like Paran or somewhere. Um, and I loved it. So I'd go and get them done once a month and put her in the capsule, carry her in, hope she'd stay asleep again, make the appointment time around the time she's sleeping, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she woke just as I was leaving and I was trying to, you know, dummy in her mouth she wanted dummy um maybe she needs a nappy change you know pull her out of the capsule i'm laying her in the boot of my car as um i'm trying to change her nappy because we've got a like a a kluger so you know the boots like pretty much at hip height it was perfect to do that and then this car i remember this car pulled up behind me to park behind me and so i was like oh shit now i'm in the way for them and they're not gonna pull in so I quickly grabbed her, put her in a capsule thing. I'll oh, just finish doing her nappy somewhere else. So I then, and and again, I'm obviously my anxiety is bubbling. She's screaming. She has this set of lungs like you've never heard. And to this day, she's the same. She can scream and I just jump. Um, it's amazing. She's got the biggest, um, like, oh my God, scream. And I know where she gets it from because Daniel's got this bellowing voice too. So... I picked her up, put her in a capsule, and then in my mind, because I don't know what I'm doing or what I should be doing and I'm frazzled and I'm upset and I'm anxious, I stick her in the capsule and try and change her nappy in the capsule at the front of my car in the gutter. So I'm in a gutter with baby wipes, a nappy bag, Tyler in the capsule. I'm trying to change her nappy in the capsule. And for those of you who know what capsules are like, they're not flat, they're not great. I don't know what I was thinking. And this man came over to me and he said, can I help you? And I just said, no, no, I'm fine. And I, again, oh my God, I can remember this day like it was yesterday. And he offered again, he knew, he just knew I wasn't good. And I said, no, no, thank you, I'm fine. But I wasn't, I was so not fine. So I just sort of, I don't know what I did. I can't even remember. I can't remember if I took a nappy off or if I threw it or what, if, what, what I did. I ended up just strapping her in, screaming, put her in the car, drove off and I was so upset and just bawling and not breathing, couldn't breathe. I had that, so the tightness in the chest and the, you know, I just, there's no, it's like your heart's just squashed into a ball and your lungs are just, there's no air getting into them. And I just pulled over on the side of the road and I just cried and I cried and she's crying. She's in the back still crying, screaming. 
I just had to stop. I would have had an accident. I was so not good. I was not good. So that was kind of my turning point. I thought, I've got to do something about this. Like, this is full-blown anxiety. And at the time, though, I knew about postnatal depression, but I didn't really know that postnatal anxiety was a thing, which was what was confirmed when I went and saw my beautiful doctor, Fiona Collins. I loved her. She's gorgeous. Um, she's like, you've got postnatal anxiety, and, yeah, it's a thing. And... Um, you know, what would you like to do? Would you like to go and speak to someone about it? I said, yep, I'd love to. Um, yep, I'm going to do something about it. And she was talking about yoga and things. And I love yoga. Love, love, love yoga. Um, I don't know. There was just something at that time. I was crossfitting, I think. And I love sweating it out. I love really pushing myself. And I think, um, anyway, I didn't do yoga. I chose to see this therapist. So this therapist happened to be down in Hyatt, which was where we were living at the time we were renovating our house in Port Melbourne and I'll never forget sitting there talking to her about you know things just stuff and I said you know I really feel guilty about going to do my CrossFit and she was like why and I said well you know because I've got to leave my baby I just leave her with my mum my mother-in-law and I go and do my class for an hour and I just feel guilty guilt 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 mums will know what I'm talking about guilt all the way and she sat there and looked at me and she said, so do you, does your mum and your mother-in-law love your daughter? I'm like, yeah, daughters, sorry, two of them. Yes, yes, she does. Okay, so you feel guilty about going to the gym whilst you leave your daughters with someone who loves them. And she just, she, the way she said it and the way she looked at me, I felt like a fucking idiot. I'm sorry, but I did. And it's like, yeah, yeah, of course you're logical. Of course you're logical because you're not going through shit, but I'm going through shit and I'm just telling you that I'm honestly, I've got the guilt, so don't make me feel worse about something that's of course blatantly obvious and not help me work out why or how. You know, like it was just, it was just like a slap in the face. So of course I never went back to her. And I went back to my doctor and I said, okay, this is what she said, this is how I felt. She's not for me. And you know what? In the, um, well, I was late 30s at that stage. In the sort of 15 odd years or almost 20 years that I'd been seeing different therapists and counsellors because of my abuse when I was a kid, you know what? They're not that great. I don't really like them. I've tried them. And, and, and that's not to say that there's not some amazing people out there. I'm sure there is. But the people I saw were not great. They did not get to the nuts and bolts of... And really, I have always found my comfort and, and my strength and my aha moments, my light bulb moments through talking to people who've been in exactly the same position I've been in. So when I saw the doctor, I said, you know what? And, and then, of course, the other alternative was medication. And I went, yep, let's do it. And it was the best thing I ever did. Um, now, the first lot, and she was great. She said, look, everyone's medication's different for everybody. You'll get side effects, blah, blah, blah. See how you feel. I can't remember what the first one did to me, but I didn't, it didn't agree with me. And I, so I said, yep, yeah, can we try something different? That wasn't right. Like I could feel that I was calm and that my chest wasn't getting tight. But I said, you know, um, the side effect, whatever it was, wasn't great. So we went on to another one. And I'm now on, I think it's called Lovan. Um, and I've been on that ever since, on and off it ever since. I'll go through stages where I come off 
and I think, you know what, I'm, we're good and things are running really smoothly and I'm not suffering that tightness in my chest, so I'll give it a go. Um, but then sure enough, after a bit of time, I feel the need, I need, you know, I've got to go back on it. I get, I get anxious around traffic. I get anxious about being late for work. I mean, like I said, because of flying, you can't be late. You can't turn up to work half an hour late or, you know, oh, I'm just going to a doctor's appointment. I'll be there, you know, um, in an hour. You just can't. So you've got to be there on time. And, and it used to make me anxious if I was stuck in traffic or a traffic jam and, um, and, you know, no way out, not going to be there on time and things like that used to really stress me out. But I know now with taking the medication that I do, it just, there's something in my head that just goes, who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? I, you know, I just, I, I don't know why. I know, and again, it's very logical for you guys or for anyone else out there. Those sorts of things are probably very logical in your mind, but they're not in mine. So I take it to deal with those sorts of situations. Do I still get stressed? Yes, of course I do. I do get stressed. I do get angry. Um, but I just have a really nice temperament and a nice calmness and I'm, I have great patience with my kids. Don't get me wrong, of course I lose my shit sometimes. Of course, of course, I'm like, I am so human. I am absolutely human. It's not all rosy here, let me tell you. Especially not at the moment with my foot. There's a lot of pressure in my house, a lot of pressure. Um, but, you know, um, I can... I just feel much better being on them. And it is no different to being a diabetic or, you know, being on chemo for cancer patients. It's a medication that I need and you might need. And I'm just saying, and, and like, it's not, like I said, I'm not an expert. It's not the be all and end all for everybody. There's choices out there. It's, it is yoga, it's meditation. It's go and speak to someone you find that you love or that someone would recommend. That's what I would suggest. But the problem is we don't go as women, we don't go and sit around and have coffee and go, oh, you know, um, has anyone got a good therapist? I need a therapist at the moment. Like we'll talk about, you know, you might recommend hairdress and stuff, but no one really says I'm having, I'm suffering anxiety. So um, does anyone else, does anyone else suffer anxiety? Can anyone recommend um, a really good counsellor or therapist? Like it's sort of, I think it's getting better but it certainly, that kind of wasn't really the case at my time. And look, I would talk to the girls in my mother's group because a lot of them were going through the same thing and we all, not we all, but some of us did go down that path. Some were seeing counsellors, some were taking some medication at the time. Um, so it was really, again, I, what I found was more comforting talking to them than talking to a therapist. I could talk to them about the struggles and the tireless screaming and the driving and the you know, the, the state that I could get myself into with them, I had much more um, comfort with those girls. So um, all I want to say to you guys is, you know what? I, I, it's a part of who I've been. It's a part of my makeup. It's me saying I've had anxiety I'm, and I still have anxiety. Like it's not even that it's gone, but I know how to manage it and I own it. And if I can help another woman out or guy, guy or girl, um, through talking about it and owning it, then like brilliant. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to be taboo. It's just something to own and understand and manage. And if this 
has helped you in any way, shape or form, even if it's just one person out there, then I am fucking winning, I can tell you now. Um, I am here for, you know, any, I'd love to hear your feedback requests or whatever it might be, whether it's about this topic or any other topics you want to know about. I have so many things I'd love to, to share with you. And really they're all just life experiences or topics of conversation. I can't wait to do, um, I'm doubling up this week. I did do anxiety last week, but like I said, I somehow lost the podcast this week. Um, so you've got anxiety and I want to talk to you about women's clothing, women's sizes, because this really interesting thing happened over the last few weeks um, with myself and an amazing, I want to call her a mentor now. She's fucking awesome. She's a friend. She's a business owner. She's a legend. And um, I've been chatting with her frequently over the last few weeks around women's sizes, clothing, business. Um, yeah, so it's, a, it's something I'll chat to you guys about in my next podcast. Um, but, but please give me your feedback, your thoughts. My email address is casey at caseygrant.com.au. Instagram is caseygrantauthentic. Facebook, Casey Grant. I've got a private VIP page for my customers. If anyone out there would like to be on that, it's Casey Grant's VIBs for very important boobies. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's about it. Please have an amazing week and just own whatever it is you've got, your ailments, your, you know, what, what you might think is negative is actually, there's a reason, you know, we're getting these things to either get us to slow down or take a breath or be present, be mindful and know how to manage things in life because you know what? We just, you never know what you're going to get. Laughs like a box of chocolates. Have a great day and um, I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.